Hallelujah. And I'm walking you very slowly into the prophecy of the four apocalyptic horsemen. So that you may understand the message the Lord is exuding into the church right now. In fact, in this message here, if you will pay particular attention to this, you will realize, you will see that the Lord is actually, he is demarcating. He is defining the prophetic timeline of God. And if you look very carefully, you see the zero countdown to the coming of the Messiah. Hallelujah. Now, when they came up to the Lord, sitting on the rock, Lord, when will this happen? What will be the signs of your return, of your coming, and the signs of the end of the age? Then the Lord, when he began to respond to them like this, there came forth, there was birthed out the most central prophecy in the entire Bible combined. Why the most central? Why the most central prophecy in the whole Bible? Because this prophecy reveals the secrets, the signs that he wanted us to watch for. That when we see, we know the Messiah is coming. Do you understand? That is the reason you became a Christian. That you may get to know the signs and enter. You understand me? You did not become a Christian that you may need to enter. No, you did not. No. And listen to this, somebody. All the other prophecies in the Bible that talk about his coming, they just revolve around this prophecy. That's why I want you to catch this. I know you come from many other churches, but you are taking your sermon for the years. Once you catch this, you can now run and enter. Because all the other prophecies simply revolve around this prophecy. But before we go there, when you go into the Bible, so you are talking about the prophecy Jesus gave. And that is in the ministry of Christ, right? But when you go into the Bible and begin to look for this prophecy, Matthew, Matthew realized the centrality of this prophecy and he recorded it in Matthew chapter 24. And when you walk right into the book of Mark, Mark realized the significance of this. And he documented it in the book of Mark chapter 13. Luke, Luke realized that this was extremely important. When Luke realized how important this was, Luke recorded it in the book of Luke chapter 21. But when you cross over into the book of John, you don't find it. You don't find it. But this is the ministry of Christ. Jesus himself said it. So, I expect to find it in the four glorious gospels, right? You look, you look and look again, you don't find it in the book of John. You search for it, you don't find it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit separated John. The Lord, as you'll see very shortly, sitting on the Mount of Olives, giving the prophecy. But he needed somebody separated to receive the translation, the transcript. That when you will be able to read 
the prophecy and then to read the translation, the transcript and watch your news then in real time say, oh, now I understand this thing. Oh, now I really understand what all this global crisis, the bloodshed in the Arab world, what all this. And oh, now I understand this. Wow, wow, wow. You see, it will help you to position you. Did you understand me? And for that, John had to be separated. And John received the translation and he recorded it in the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. This is mature food for the church. This is now not milk and cerulac and cereal for the baby. Eh? This is now strong food to mature the church, to be strong, to resist the devil, to prepare mature church. He's coming for mature bride. To stature you up, to season you in the world. You can go ahead and take this after this. Listen to this now. Again, when John received it, he recorded it in the book of Revelation. And then he concentrated it in the book of Revelation chapter 6, which is going to be our focus. We're going to move to run across. I'll summarize for you Revelation 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And then we'll narrow down on 6 and then I'll bring up the message. I'll bring out the message the Lord is speaking to this church, to this country, to this nation, right? Now listen to this. So now, John separated of the Holy Spirit. Then he received the translation transcript of this prophecy. And that's where I want to slowly move in and then connect it for you. Hallelujah. So what is the translation that John received about it that we may understand in real time? When we are here now, we check, we read the prophecy, we check the news. Oh, now I understand. What is the translation? Hallelujah. Listen to me, precious people. When John received the translation of this prophecy, the prophecy of the four apocalyptic horsemen, he recorded it in the book of Revelation. And I know that we are targeting Revelation chapter 6 where he documented it. But I feel it will be disservice to you if I jumped right into chapter 6, I need to begin chapter 1, 2, 3, summarize them. So that when we get to chapter 6, we have a backing. Now, turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 1. Okay, Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3. For example, I'm reading Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. And he says, yet I hold this against you. Again, chapter 2, verse 4. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place and all that. And then another one. He says, uh, for example, chapter 3. He says, from verse 4, I'm reading verse 4. He says, Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. And remember unto the Lord, nothing is worthy except it be holy. Hallelujah. Meaning, 
they will be holy and they will walk with the Lord. In another place he says, you are confusing to me. You are lukewarm. You are neither cold nor hot. I will speak to you. Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3. If you listen very carefully, he is talking to the church. And he's talking repentance, 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 repent, 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 turn away, return. Go back to your first love. Do the things the way you did them before. Remember where you've dropped from. Why are you neither cold nor hot? You're confusing to me, I'll speak to you. Today you are here, tomorrow you are there. Repent, repent, repent. Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3. That is the message in a nutshell. Meaning he is preparing the church. Hallelujah. The lukewarmness that you see in Ireland now, it talks about it then. Today you are a Christian. Tomorrow I meet you in the streets. I may never tell whether you are born again. That is what he's talking about here. Today we are Christians. But tomorrow, when we go to immigration office, we are busy lying. No, that's what he's talking about here. Neither hot nor cold. I don't know you. You're confusing to me. But he sent us Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3 on repentance. Meaning preparing the church. Revelation chapter 4, he talks about the throne. I'm just summarizing because I want to get chapter 6. The throne. And what do you see there? He talks about the other thrones around the throne of God. 24 other thrones. He talks about the four living creatures there also. He brings it to your attention, the structure of the throne of Jehovah. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. After this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. The, the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. Verse 2 he says, At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper Canelin, a rainbow resembling an emerald, and circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were the 24 elders. So 24 elders seated on the thrones around the main throne. They were dressed in white, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbling, and peals of thunder. Before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne was what looked like a sea of glass clear as crystal. Now you see the creatures coming in. In the center around the throne were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second like an ox. The third had a face like man. The fourth like an eagle. Can we stop there for a moment? Today, today we have to talk about the structure of the throne of Jehovah. 
the church must know, must mature today. The vision I described here, when the creature came, when the Lord lifted me up and took me right before his throne, and then he released the creature that came, and I kept describing the facial, the face, the frowning, the lines, the seriousness, the gravity of this. The next morning when I met the team in the office, they came. I told, I was trembled. They realized I was shaken. I was very shaken. I kept saying, it is he. It is he. I kept saying, it is he. It is he. And I've seen his face. And he's most serious. That's all I kept repeating. So they were shocked. They were saying, what has he seen? I said, it is he. It is he. And he's most serious. I've seen his face. It is he. And then, of course, I went and gave the prophecy. I went ahead and gave the prophecy of the global economic crisis and famine that was coming. But that morning, I kept saying, it is he. Why? I told you that the Lord released the, that creature, I don't want to mention the number, released him and made him come very close to me. And when he was sure that I have seen his face, then turned him back. Meaning, the purpose was, please identify him so you may know what number he is. Hallelujah. Now you hear him talking about the throne. Chapter 4. He says, there are 24 elders with 24 thrones with crowns dressed in white. And then you have four living creatures at the throne of Jehovah in heaven. So you understood now where this creature came from. Now this becomes a conversation between God the Father himself and the church. That is how serious it is. And he says, the first creature like a lion. I have seen the first creature. Second creature like an ox. I've seen the second creature. The third one, this is the one that I was describing in the first vision here today. That's why I say, it is he. It is he. He is more serious. The face I saw. I cannot describe the other part. But the face. He's never allowed me to talk about the other description of him. The face. Now you see the third one is like man. Do you understand? That's why I can say, it is he. It, he is more serious. It is he. And the fourth one like an ego. Revelation chapter 5, he now introduces the scroll of God. Hallelujah. We are walking step by step because today the church has got to eat some serious food, people. So listen to this. Revelation chapter 5, you now hear him introducing, look, the throne of God, Jehovah the Father, and on his right hand, in his right hand, he holds a scroll. He introduces the scroll of God, the scroll of Jehovah, in heaven. I have seen the scroll quite a bit in several conversations, including this one. So, Revelation chapter 5, he introduces the scroll. But look at this now. When he introduces the scroll, he says, The scroll of God in heaven has seven seals. I told you that today, in this process, if you are very alert on this tonight, 
you're going to be able to literally see the prophetic timeline of God unfolding. The so-called zero countdown to the coming of the Lord. Here today. He says, and the scroll of God has seven seals. And the crisis develops in heaven because of the seals. In that chapter, there is a severe distress that ensues in heaven. Why? Because they are looking for he that can open, can break the seals and open the scroll. Inside heaven. I wonder why should pastors preach prosperity and go into immorality with women and what? There is so much work here. There's really work to prepare the church here. Why should you people be still, you know, oh, we are going what, we go ski, we go whatever. I don't know. Because there is no time and there is so much to give to the church that she may prepare. Now what I'm entering is called the deep, the deep now, to launch deep. The church needs to know these things. Then the Bible. She has to mature, right? For how long will you keep drinking milk? We need to go to hard food that for once the church here too may mature like that one now. He says, the scroll of God in heaven has seven seals. And a crisis developed in heaven because of looking for who? Finding who? Who is fit enough, able enough, strong enough, capable to break the seals and open the scroll. And as they are just about to begin weeping, he said, stop it. Don't wail. Look at this now. Because they looked, they looked above heaven, inside heaven, under the heavens, on the earth, under the earth, under the oceans, below the seas, the bedrocks of the rivers, and under the foundations of the earth, they looked for he that would be able, capable, powerful, with authority to break the seals, open the scroll. They found none. Zero, they found zero, absolute zero. Nobody was capable. And so a distress ensued. Serious distress ensued. And right when they're about to begin weeping, say, Don't wail. Don't try. Don't even try to wail, they said. Because <laughs> know ye not that the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David. He has already triumphed. And now, he's capable. He's able. He has power to break the seals and open the scroll. You see that? But let me explain to you something there. Let me explain this. Listen to this now. Why? Why the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David? Why is it that only he was found worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? They used the statement there. He said, are you not aware that he has already triumphed? Then I understood that by virtue, based on the merit, 
by the power of his victory on the cross. On the basis of triumph, his triumph on the cross, now he is able to break the seals open the scroll. For me, that was very important because it gave me a little glimpse on what is written inside the scroll of God in heaven. Because I could already now extrapolate. Say, oh, now I understand what is written in there. If only he, owing to the victory on the cross, do you see that? Owing to his triumph at Calvary, because of that, on that merit, he is now able to go open it when the time has arrived. Then, everything, because to open means to read. To open, to unveil that part, what is written in there. So, what is written there must have everything to do with the deliverance of the church into heaven. That you can tell. When I saw that, I quickly realized. Because based on the work he did to deliver the church, now he is able to break the seals and open the scroll. Hallelujah. Now, that's Revelation chapter 5. But there's also something going on there. That when the 24 elders worship the Lord, they remove their crowns and go flat out and lie down. They lie before the throne and they worship him. And you know, they have crowns. They are dressed in white. They are in heaven. They are important. They go flat out. Removing their crowns to worship Jehovah. This is the place where education is highly exalted. Education. To go to university and earn degrees. Education. A first degree. To get a second degree. A third degree and a fourth one. It is highly highlighted, cherished. This is the place where the church, as she is now, has received many crowns. I remember one time I was worshipping somewhere when the Lord was calling me then. I think they did not understand what I was going through. Nobody could understand then what I was going through. Because I would walk in and fall down on the floor and cry, kneeling down, roll down there, stand up and look. And I was doing things, you know, because something was happening. And people would look at me and say, hey, what's wrong with him? What's the problem? Why is he lifting his hands all over? These are some serious doctors and, you know, lawyers talking about the creme de la creme. He's doing things. And you know when they say he's doing things, psychologists, clinical psychology, right? He's doing things. Because there is a reputation to preserve here. We are worshipping with crowns. When you start to sing, you don't want to do it too much. They may say, hey, what's wrong with him today? So you want to do it gently and worship and then, you know, preserve your dignity. But the Lord is saying that if the 24 elders 
can remove their crowns and lay them down before the throne to worship the same Jehovah you worship. How about you then? Have you removed your crown as you worship? The answer is no. You, you know that guy in our church, that guy is the doctor. That's the ambassador. That one is the ambassador. And the other one, th- that one is the high commissioner there. And this is the ambassador. And this is now the law. He's a very senior lawyer. Actually, he's an elder in the church leadership. He's normally a very serious person. He, he's, he's in the church. Hallelujah. And they say, this is 2013. We are a modern people. But I said that in heaven, there will not be a modern Christian. However, there will be a holy Christian. Let us learn something from that. On the way to chapter 6, let us learn that the time has come for us to remove the crowns and lay them down before the Lord and roll before him and worship him and worship and worship again and worship and worship him in spirit and in absolute truth oh yes there's no other there isn't the same Jehovah they worship that way you worship Revelation chapter 6, that is where I was bringing you to. That is where the message is now. That's the message for the day. So Revelation chapter 6. Revelation, before we go there, listen now. Revelation chapter 5. Again, can I just recap everything and then go into this? Revelation 1, 2, and 3. Repent. Repent and return to your first love. Why are you lukewarm? You are confusing to me. You're neither hot nor cold. Because if you're cold, one time the gospel can come and strike you and you'll enter. But if you are neither cold or hot, which means you're immune to the gospel. Repent. 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 He is preparing the church. Revelation chapter 4, he introduces the throne of God. 24 other thrones, 4 living creatures. Revelation chapter 5, he introduces the scroll of God in heaven. And he says, it has 7 seals. We are going to focus on the seals. And you see that it's actually the seals Jesus was talking about. It is actually the seals that denote the Zero, count, down, down, down. Revelation chapter 6 now focuses on the breaking of the seals. Now comes the message for today. Revelation chapter 6 is the message for today. It says, I watched as the lamp opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the living creatures say, in a voice like thunder, come. I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror 
bent on conquest. Can we stop there for a moment? He says that when the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals, he saw the first living creature, the one which is like a lion, release the first horseman. And when he released the first horseman, he was a white horse. And the white horseman came out. Look at this now. When he came out, you can see that he came with power. He came out with what? Power. Authority. And to conquer. Because he says, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Do you know what that means? He rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest means the following. Means, it means that he was not ready to take anything else except victory. Did you understand? That's how he rode out. And so, let us discuss a little bit on this. Tell me, who is this horseman? Listen to this now. When I gave the vision of the wedding rings, I said, the voice said, look and see. When the voice spoke a second time from heaven, look and see who is seated on the white horse. You remember? And I said, I did not receive any message except when I saw the behavior of the white horse, the mighty white horse, glorious white horse in heaven. And look at this now. I did not go with you, Father, because we read only Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to verse 9, that celebrates the day of the wedding of the Lamb of God, the day of rapture. And we saw how he saying, let us rejoice, be glad, and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has finally come. And his bride, the church, has now made herself ready. Why? Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear, which means she is now ready. And we said fine linen is the righteousness of the church, nothing else. But what I did not do, I did not bring you down to look at Revelation chapter 19 now from verse 10 onwards. Where now he talks about the white horse the Lord showed me above the wedding rings, inside heaven, at the threshold of heaven. You see that? I want to bring in here. now. Do you realize that the Messiah comes on the white horse? The one he showed me above the wedding rings, that is the Messiah. The Messiah comes on the white horse. The Messiah comes to do what? To conquer. And when the Messiah comes, can we read how the Messiah comes? Just for a moment. To chapter 19, verses 10 on. Verse 11 onwards. That is it. Because once you are going to see the timeline I'm going to define here today, then you will be more awakened than anybody else. That's why the Lord sends me here. Now listen, verse 11 of Revelation chapter 19. He says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. Do you see his names? I want you to get these precious people. He is called faithful and true. Hallelujah. With justice, he judges and makes war. 
His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. Verse 13. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. Do you see him? His name is the word of God. We are now seeing the true identity here. And he says, the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Does somebody see verse 14? And compare it with verse 8? Can you connect verse 14 and verse 8? Do you see that? Do you see that when the Lord sends his slave, his bond servant here, and he sends him here to tell you, prepare the white linen. Prepare the finest linen. Prepare it bright and clean. Do you see that that preparation has eternal consequences in your life? Do you see the eternal consequence? Because now he is riding with the raptured church from heaven He's coming to Jerusalem, and when you look at them, they are wearing the same linen he sent me to speak about here. When you prepare today, during these days, because of the eternal consequences of the utterances being made here. Oh, 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 oh. this one you cannot buy with money. No, no, no. And this one you cannot wish away. If you prepare well here, the consequence is eternal. Nobody can take it away from you. Because, he says, fine linen, bright and clean. Now, and then the rapture takes place. Now, if you follow very carefully, he's talking about the events after the rapture. When he's coming to Jerusalem. I have seen those events, by the way. I've seen even the earthquake that splits the mountain. But look at this now. He's coming with the raptured church, with the bride from heaven, after the wedding feast of the Lamb. Ah! You say, I thank God. I prepared and I entered and then I was shocked because the consequence was eternal. No, no, no. This cannot be balanced with money. Equated. And you see them coming back. But look at this. He says down there. He says, verse 15. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treats the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Did you understand? Now, when the Lamb breaks the first of the seven seals on the scroll of God in heaven at the throne, Look at what happens there. Then the first creature, the lion, releases the first horseman and is a white horseman. He's riding a white horse. And when you look very carefully, the white horse comes out with the intent, the objective, the purpose of conquering and nothing less. But when we read about the Messiah here, now I just have to break the news. When you read about the Messiah, the Messiah also comes on a white horse. Right? Coming to do what? To conquer. But this horseman that is released, the white horse that is released 
when the first seal is broken, he comes and he has a crown. The Messiah has many crowns. You see that that is where the church went wrong. In fact, let me just say it. If you had not read it, he looks more like the Messiah. Most people say that is Christ. He's the one. Do you understand where the church went wrong? Now I'm beginning to give the message for today. Because when this horseman was released, the church received him as Christ. That is exactly where everything went wrong. And the rain began to beat us right from there. Because he comes to conquer. The Messiah comes to conquer. He has a crown. The Messiah has a crown. Only that if you read carefully, the Messiah has many crowns. He comes with a bow, a bow, meaning he has a sachet here of arrows. Yeah, he cannot have the bow lest he has arrows. Right? Meaning somewhere if you check here, you will find a sachet of arrows. The Messiah has a sword. Do you see that? Do you see where the problem is? The reason the church has fallen today is because the church did not correctly identify this horseman. This one. In fact, he is more deleterious. He is more lethal to the church than all the others. I know when you come to the third one, you're going to hear me saying that that was the biggest prophecy I ever gave that shook the whole earth. The third one. The entire earth until today. The global economic crisis. You're going to hear me say so. But let me tell you, in as much as it's the biggest, the huge, the most enormous prophecy, let me tell you this. This first one is more deadly. The most deadly. The church received him as Christ. What does he come to do to the church? To deceive the church. That's why he wants to look like. He wants to mimic. To white horse, white horse. Conquer, conquer. Crown, crown. You understand? Vengeance, vengeance. He's coming. That is where the problem, if you will catch this today, you will enter the kingdom of God. Nobody can now stop you. This is your summon. Because, listen to this. How does this horseman come? And I will also explain to you why does the Lord send him to the church. Why would he send such a terrible person to the church? You see that? Why did Jeremiah go to tell them that Nebuchadnezzar was coming? And somewhere the Lord says, I raised my servant Nebuchadnezzar to come and attack the house. I'm going to come to that then. He wants to look like the Messiah, to confuse the church. And when he comes, do you know what he does? He brings deception to the church. How does he do so? Number one, he uses the very word and then he brings the world right into the church. Inside the world. Ah, don't worry. You know we are living in Europe. This is postmodern Europe. And uh, the Bible says there is liberty among those who are born again. Ah, don't worry. The Bible even says there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't worry. Is that what that man was teaching? No, that, that guy must have been legalistic. Why did you listen to such a person? We are living in the dispensation of the grace. Did you understand me? He uses the word to confuse the church. He says, don't worry, God does not look at your dressing. He was rebuking short miniskirts. 
and tight trousers? No. God looks at our hearts. He does not look at our dressing. He uses literally anything and everything at his disposal to confuse the church. And then, he is the one who brought postmodernism in the church. Where now the fashions of Milan and Paris, which are meant for the immoral, are found in the church. Whereby, if you go to the youth church, you think it's a discotheque. Whereby, if you go to the church, then you will think it is a social club. Where some people who have the papers, they come to really do something there. To show themselves to those who don't have papers. To maneuver to, and manipulate the young girls who have no papers. Oh, me, I'm even working. I'm working here. I've been here for 18 years. So the church has now become a social club for a certain community. In fact, it might be also shameful to realize that it may be community-based. For a certain, if you go among the Nigerians, you might find it's just a particular community. So the church has become a social gathering of what suit will I buy? I want really to go show it there. How about the worshipping of Jehovah? When will we start worshipping Jehovah? This horseman is the most deadly because once the church has been deceived, then everything is over. He brought postmodernism into the church and then he also brought the gospel of prosperity into the church. Oh yes, because he's using the word actually. The word. So he's just preaching prosperity. He's within the confines of the word. But if you check very carefully, he's really mis... The Bible says, Luke says, lead the church astray. Let me explain that to you. This is the highway of holiness, Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8 and 9. This one here. And it goes straight into heaven, right? Now, if I am walking on this road and I stumble and fall and get up and dust myself up and continue on this journey, I still end up in heaven. But if I am led astray, that means I take another road. Another road. And the problem is this. The sheep, you know the sheep, when the sheep are coming home in the evening, when they go astray, they always continue to follow that road thinking they are going home. That is the tragedy. They always think that that road is taking them home. So, they're not even bothered. They're not shaken because I know I am going home. Yes, I, I'm comfortable. That's why you find the church could be such complacent. Because they're seated there. They say, we're going home. Catholic, he's going home. Who? He's going home. This is the horseman. He is the one that centralized the love of money at the pulpit. Where now, he said, you can bribe God and get away with righteousness. This horseman. Because he is lying. He has only one purpose. To conquer the church. Do you remember when Jesus sits here? Be careful. Because I wondered. He has been with the disciples. They know him. They know his position on sin. They know his voice. You get to know somebody to an extent that when they phone just rings and you hear the voice say, John, is that you? When they just knock, they do hear the voice say, oh, John, I open, is that you? They knew his voice. 
They knew his position on sin. They knew his position on righteousness. They knew what he stood for. His position on repentance, on heaven, on crucifying the flesh. But guess what? He told them, somebody is coming to tell you he is the Christ. I, I was confused. I said, how possible? How can somebody? They walked with him. How can somebody now come and tell them he is the Christ and they believe? Do you now understand this? Does somebody understand this? Because they knew his stand. And yet, one was coming to deceive them now. I said, but no. I almost said, that's impossible. They were dedicated to him. They knew him. Coming to the church to deceive the priesthood, to deceive the body of Christ, that she may think she's walking right, she's within the confines of the word, and yet she's decaying, apostasy, decay, decomposition. You cannot enter. Because what he did is very simple. Can I give you the secret? He did one thing. He simply took away holiness. Because once you take away holiness from the church, you finish the church. You have finished. Because then she cannot enter. Oh yeah, she violates the word of God actually. Once you, you know you can torture the church, but if you keep her holiness there, she will still enter. Oh yes. Yeah. They say, you can enter heaven holy but very sick. But you can never enter heaven healthy or healed and unholy. So he knew what to touch. Did you understand me? So now, this horseman is the most dangerous. And that's why today he has given birth to lots of disciples. That's why today you have apostles coming here and say, I'm an apostle from Africa. Uh, do you know how much my shoes cost? You understand that kind of story? When there is so much work to prepare the church, to serve Christ, to serve the Lord, who died horrifically on the cross. They say, uh, you know, back home, we use helicopter to go to the meeting. What? I don't know what they say, private jet. Do you know how much my wife's hair costs per month? So they discuss those things. And he says, uh, I'm looking for only 10 people in this place. Only 10. I want only 10 people, very serious people. I want to bless them with something serious, with a meaningful seed. Run with it and sow here. And unfortunately, because of the works of this horseman, you people believe them. That is the tragedy. You people believe. And you run with checks. They say, if you don't have pledge, pledge. And the issue is, that's why today globally, even on Christian television, they have telephone, marathon, telephone. So they have people who are known to be good fundraisers, fundraisers, fundraisers. They can raise funds. And they normally agree. They say, you know what? When you come, oh, eh, oh, oh, oh. At first, people wrote me. I did not understand the language at that time, but then I understood later. They wrote me and said, men of God, we want you to come, and we really want you to come. But we are asking. We don't, we don't care. Whatever you ask for will be right. What is your financial protocol? So I was shocked. I started asking. You people, what is financial protocol? So, 
when you invite evangelists, there is a down payment you must give. I'm very shocked. I am very shocked and indeed shocked. The church is the light of the nation. If the nation is going astray, that means there is a decay in the church. Authority was left with the church. Not the UN Security Council. Not with the IMF. Not with the Eurozone. The EU in Brussels. But power was given to the church, the pulpit. That if it's not raining, you can pray and rain comes. That if there is disease and everything is not right, you can pray and the Lord intervene. But the security council cannot pass a resolution saying, let there be rain. And then there be rain. So, so that is very clear. Who has bewitched the church? Do you understand why the Lord has sent me here? The question is, who has bewitched the church? All you need is go to the Bible. The Bible will show you how the prophets present, how they will appear, what they will say when they will come, what they will look like, and then that is it. Nobody will lie to you again. But I guess the church has to fulfill the prophecy of these days, right? I guess my ministry then has to be relevant. Otherwise, if they were all well, the Lord didn't need to send me. He cannot send me anymore. They are ready to enter. But the issue is, the church, because of this horseman, they say, put down a hundred, let's say even ten thousand, that's too much for me. Ten thousand euros. Ah! Put down 10,000 euros in my account because I have a message from God to you. Ah! You are now selling. The prophets of the Lord are these days selling the word of God. That is amazing. But what is even more amazing is that you can buy into it. Did you understand me? And they come. No, the, this is, it is wrong. It is absolutely not right because that is how the bride of Christ has been defiled, raped. It is not right. This horseman, that's why you can accommodate that. Someone can come and say um, on TV, I, I was shocked. They scroll a message. They say, send money now as I'm here and then I'll give you a prophetic word. Ah. No, but you know that it happens. So do you understand how deadly this horseman is? Nigeria is worse. I am I'm working there with the PFN. I am working there with the Nigerian church. It's bad. Ireland is worse. The UK, you know the story. You know US, the US is like, that's where they're being manufactured from. Did you understand me? This horseman... He is the reason somebody can say, send me a seed, I will write your name inside my private aircraft. That will give you a spot. Put your name there. He is the reason I want them. And the Lord shows me all of them globally. And he takes me there in those dreams and says, tell him to repent. Look, look, he's going to fall. I always share with the team. I say, so and so is going to fall and the woman is dressed like this. She has white hair and everything. I see they go to the sixth floor. They're in the gym. The Japanese restaurant, sixth floor. And then they got presidential suite. And the Lord brings me at the door like this. As they are there. And he says, tell him to repent. Even the letter. I see the love letters he sent so I can read at night. So you can imagine the Lord now. The ache, the hurt. 
But this is the reason it happens. This horseman has deceived the church. He has told the church there is a concept called modern Christianity. That is how he has destroyed the church. And yet in heaven there is no modern Christian. There is only a holy Christian. So why are you dressed like that? My daughters, why are you dressed? My sons, why are you on sagging trousers? Say, no, but you know, we are, we are modern. We, we, this is modern Christianity. But that is taking the church to hell. Can we get the second one? Revelation chapter 6. When the Lamb opens the second seal. Are you there with me? Do you now understand what the Lord said, watch out for? That is what he meant when he said, many will come and deceive, 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 deception. It is he. And he gives birth to his sons, the false apostles, the false prophets, the prophets. Now listen to this now. There is a problem. When I went to warn Mexico before this bloodshed that you see has washed that country now. The dead bodies, I spoke it. I said I see a lot of dead bodies here. I went to Cholula. I went where there's human sacrifice, Cholula. I, I went there. I went to all those places, Puerto Escondido. In fact, one day earthquake. I said, if you don't repent by this time, tomorrow an earthquake takes place. He shook. He shook. The next day, they did not repent at the same time. He shook until even me in the hotel room, I wept for my life. I thought the building was coming down. I've been there. I warned them. I went all over. I went to Guerrero. I went to all those places and told them, please, I see blood. And the Lord shaved my head. So I shaved my head there and I it did like the Lord showed me. And then, what amazed me in Mexico, the church rejected me. But the Lord was amazing that you come out of your flight like this. The first person you meet, you say, I am the president of the pastor's fellowship here. What was, it was amazing. He made me meet them, meet them. You understand? I said, you're the president. Then I'm sent to you. There is something coming. We need to talk about this. But when you go to the pastor's fellowship, they rejected the word. It's too bitter. I was very amazed at that, you people. They rejected the message of repentance. And then now in Mexico, it's only the government. The government is the one that heard about me and called me. And said, come, we have a radio now, a government radio. That is amazing for a Catholic nation. I now went on government radio and began to rebuke Catholicism and everything and all the sin in the church. The church, and then... The government did for me the last crusade. The government was amazing. They prepared one big crusade now. They said, we want you to go there. And then they wrote letters of invitation to all the pastors. They said, all pastors be there. Because they realized this guy is rebuking them. And so the pastors stand against me. <laughs> and then one of them stands up. They were given a chance to talk in that crusade. My last crusade. One of them stands up and says, I am a prophet. I have graduated from the Samuel School of Prophets. So now, now, the prophets you have, the prophets of the church today, they go to a university college, they study, and then they get a diploma, a certificate saying, this man has graduated with a gift of prophet. He's a prophet. And they teach them out, say, that says the Lord, that says, they talk like that. This horseman, this horseman makes you train prophets. Men, human beings, train prophets. And then, when the prophets speak, guess what? Mislead the church. Who has bewitched the church? Let us be careful. I am warning the church to be careful. 
And if you know that this message has touched you, and you know that you are not right with the Lord, please, repeat this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I repent today and reject sin. Lead me into righteousness. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Please protect me in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.